Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's up, automotive world? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping, and I will be your host today. We are going to finish up our listener Q&A. This is going to be part two. So if you did not check out part one, uh, go back one episode and you'll get the first portion of this discussion I had with Matt Fonslow, Chris Groff, and Scott Shotton, uh, where we answer your questions, the listener questions that were sent in. And of course, if you did listen to part one, you found out that they were mostly network related questions. Um the second half of the conversation you're going to hear today, and it was less uh, of answering the questions and more just general conversation, but still really interesting stuff because these are really interesting people that I've got on the show here today. So we're going to jump into the rest of this conversation right now. I mean, isn't that how Fiat wires their cars? Let me bring Fiat <laughs> I'm scared with this whole Stellantis merger that we're going to be seeing Peugeot and all the other garbage over here again. Yeah, well, at least you didn't have to deal with the 2008 Saturn Astra that I had to deal with today, which doesn't, nope. doesn't even exist on my, my scan tools. It's an Australian-made, I don't know, Opal or something. Or some Holden off. Actually, I think Holden folded long before that even. Yeah, it's 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 my headache. needs needs a PCM for an injector driver, and I can't get the PCM done because I even the Autel's not pulling it off. Oh, oh, pull the ECM apart and solder a new uh, solder a new driver in there. Yeah, <laughs> might have in like a Chinese launch. That'll probably work. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you can get one of those. <laughs> Is it where you can watch Chris's video? Is that in the same place? <laughs> no, you, yeah. you don't want to. You you don't want to watch that that CAN bus video. That that wasn't that good. When's the revised one coming out? Um, well, seeing as this part won't make it into the podcast anyway. No, uh, this, we're leading with, with this. No, ah, <laughs> no I just yeah, had a talk with. This is the promo. Bourbon, by the way. This is how we rope them in. Yeah, <laughs> bourbon. But no, I, I was just discussing this with Steckler the other night. Uh, Brandon, if you guys don't know, lives less than an hour from me. Um, the shop I'm at is actually the last shop Brandon worked at as a working tech. Um, we stay pretty close, but Brandon's like, dude, you've got like 45 classes written. It's actually closer to 40, but that's not the point. Like full eight-hour classes, he's like, and you haven't released anything. I'm like, it's not good enough. There's variables. There's small little bits of data. It's never quite perfect. And he basically kicked me in the butt and he's like, yeah, dude, he goes, people make mistakes. Put out the best information you have as you learn. People will say, hey, I've run into this. I've run into that. You modify your classes accordingly. But I'm a tiny bit of a perfectionist. I think if so, you're a good, if you're a good trainer, you probably are. Um, 
I'm not saying I'm a good trainer, but I'm a trainer and my classes change constantly because every time I teach it, I got to change something. I got to add mm -hmm. another case study. I got to fix something that I think wasn't right the last time. You know, mine so mine change all the time because I just make it up as I go. Yeah. Well, I, I know that because I've worked with you <laughs> <laughs> and I'm perfectly cool with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's even certain things like uh, being northeastern United States, being from down by the Philadelphia area, certain uh, certain analogies, certain terminology you use, and all doesn't always translate to everybody. So it's even down to things like that. It's I give you guys the the utmost respect for reaching out to the as broad of an art audience as you do. And being able to relate with as many people. Because I'm sitting there and everything I do, I'm like, should have done A different, should have done B different if I rephrase this. And once again, you go off into the weeds. I mean, you could spend 10 years writing the ultimate class. And by the time you're done, it's 2030 and you're teaching classes about a 2010 Saturn Astra. I'll fit right in. <laughs> I need a well, I'm good there. I got a great case study coming up. <laughs> Except it was 2008, but regardless. <laughs> well, you know, give or take a I few know. years. We'll, we'll build it out. Now, this is, I'm actually surprised we got as many can questions done as we did because, I mean, that's, you want to talk about the interrelatedness of vehicles. I mean, every single aspect of can affects each other from determining the network to determining topology to differences in diagnostic strategy, which we didn't really touch on. You know, you can diagnose a star pattern network differently than a GM land that's got a splice pack. You know, splice pack's super easy. One of yeah. the best helps for a diagnostic pack. Whereas a yeah, daisy nice chain... Every vehicle had that. Yeah, yeah. And then most, I mean, most now you're, you're dealing with fiber optic and you're, you're jumping that out and you can't bend freaking wires too far. Well, yeah. not wires, fiber optic cables. I was just unless doing one of those today. How about that? Well, <laughs> unless, unless it's GM most, and then it's a little different. Well, at that point you can pretty much twist it up into a bow tie and it's about <laughs> as reliable as any other GM network. I'm a little bitter. I, I work on everything and I have come to the conclusion a few years ago that everything that has ever been manufactured is junk. Well, it's all by junk. design. They want to sell more junk. Agree, could yeah. not agree more. I, I put it this way. I've got guys who have destroyed Ford pickups in fleets for years and they buy a Chevy truck and never have a single issue with it ever. Now I have guys who are diehard Chevy guys and the first time they buy a Ford is the first time they stop coming in for repairs because they don't break it. Yep. As stupid as it sounds, I think it's as much vehicle design as who's running the vehicle. You know, operator error. It's, it's stupid. but I, that's, I have that uh, conversation with my wife all the time. <laughs> we, we each we have every time, a right? Buick Park <laughs> Avenue. We each have one. And uh, somehow I fix hers way more than I have to fix mine. I'm like, what's the deal with that? They're the same car. It's the same mileage. <laughs> first many, first issue is... Pumps, how many fuel pumps have you put in that car because you say, honey, 
don't run the fuel tank below a quarter of a tank. And if you, you, you do, so you've met my wife. Okay. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to get rid of one of the park abs and get a wood sided roadmaster. Ooh, there you go. That's what you need. Never have another issue again, and you'll look classy going down the road too. Yeah, be like the Griswolds Christmas. <laughs> Well, hey, I wanted to squeeze one more in here, and this is a, yeah. this is a softball here. Um, if somebody wants to learn more about network and network diagnostic strategy, uh, where would you guys recommend they go? I would suggest it's a nudge, uh, nudge to Scott. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Well, I do teach classes on it, but I'm not going to say that. Okay. Well, I already did. Sorry. Blew that out of the water. Um, I, I would I would pay attention to. I mean, obviously, um, the the events that normally happen, like vision and ATE and and TST and you know the big event and all those things. I, I would pay attention to those. However, there have been a lot of a lot of uh, companies. World Pack, um, the Pave event just finished. Um, there's a bunch of online opportunities to to attend training and and look for that kind of thing um, because it's actually relatively inexpensive. If you think about the cost of of going to let's say a vision, um, which by the way I would recommend everyone do when that comes back to normal, um, it, it's way cheaper to do it online and and get the classes and and get the information and i'm sure there's almost always network classes involved there uh the only disadvantage of that is the the networking and the meeting people and and that is i'm sure it's been said on the podcast before that that is one of the biggest things about going mm -hmm. to those events but but in the meantime there are plenty of online classes available um and uh yeah that's pretty much the point I wanted to make snoop around check check motor age get on get on the Facebook groups check on um, um, AES wave tech feed or their blog because uh, there are posts made there from time to time about classes that are coming up diagnostic na uh, diagnostic network um, that they quite often have posts about when classes are being offered uh, sometimes for free sometimes for a small price uh, you know whatever the case the point is, you know, we're just talking about network stuff, but we all need, and I need education too. We all need education on these topics and, and that's where you're going to find it. All right. Um, there may be other places, but those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, IATN forums, maybe, um, wh whatever the case, snoop around and, and find, find the classes that are available. And if you can make it and, and do it because it's, invaluable you could listen to us bs about this stuff or you could actually go to a class and and see some scope captures and get some diagnostic stuff so i hope i answered the question yeah I, I mean uh, i'd add in um atg just add in along with uh diag.net um i'll preface it by saying maybe some of the older iatn stuff um started to get a little confusing at times, but that's the same with any forum. And like you said, really nothing beats in-person training. It, it, you just really can. I mean, there are very few of us who can sit there and read a bunch of words on a page 
and be able to apply that efficiently and effectively to our daily jobs. It's a good place to, trying to think how to put it best, to learn what you don't know and what you want to focus on in an in-person class. So I always recommend people do a little research before they go to any class they sign up for and kind of figure out, you know, read diag.net, read some of the Facebook posts, uh, watch some videos online, watch AVI, watch whatever it may be, CTI, WTI, and kind of get a foothold on where you're, where you feel confident and where you're lost, build up a few questions. And then you really can't beat in-person training. You can't beat that one-on-one being able to interact not only with the instructor, but with the group to really narrow down some of the issues you're having. I mean, I've been to classes that are normally four hours long and you cover 120 pages of material, but with the right group, you may only cover 30 pages of material, but you've learned that 10 times more in depth than you will ever learn by any other source. Because of participation. And, and yes. that's the thing, okay, I, I've done a few classes, virtual, three, I think, virtual since all this happened. And uh, I miss, being a, tra- being a trainer, I miss the, the interaction. I miss the questions. And it totally messes me up going, this was a, a four-hour class before, and now mm-hmm. it's only two hours. Because, because there's... You know, you're waiting for someone to chime something in typing, right? Yes. And, and, and they don't, and the conversation isn't there, and it sparks conversation, which could be in a very good direction. Yes. Um, Matt and I taught a scope class together at Vision, and some of the conversation that came up, I mean, uh, took, you know, a half an hour to, you know, go over, and that partially that was hands-on as well. But, uh, you know, that was that's what we wanted. That's, you know... We wanted the participation in the virtual environment. It's it's tough. So it, in the hands-on, not the hands-on, the face-to-face environment, um, you have that that communication, that face-to-face discussion. You also have, uh, you know, well, time-wise, uh, but you also have the networking of the person that's sitting next to you at the table, and you might go, you know, have a beer with them afterwards and the next thing you know you're exchanging scope captures uh, on the internet six months later but hey you got a known good for this 3.5 liter hyundai uh oh yeah i do here yeah you know so it's 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 a i I totally miss the live training Mm -hmm. part sorry we went on a tangent there or or even better not only exchanging scope captures but the guy sitting next to you guy or girl whatever um sitting next to you may be the one who takes that same info you just heard and phrases it in just that way that makes you understand it Mm -hmm. or allows you to understand it or vice versa. And the other thing I'll add, regardless of whether it's an in-person, online, uh, Zoom meeting, whatever it may be, don't ever be afraid of looking stupid. Don't be afraid of asking a stupid question. Chances are, if a question pops into your head, you're not the only one. There's probably at least three, four, five, six other people there who want to ask that question, who are too embarrassed for whatever reason to ask it. So it it may seem like the simplest thing, but shoot that question out there, especially now 
that we don't have that one-on-one and the face-to-face, shoot it out there because even if you know the answer already or you think you know, you could be benefiting 10, 15, 20, 100 other people or take the conversation, as you said, in another direction where you get to really expand and play back and forth off of the class and the teacher and, you know, learn. I was watching uh, Mac Vandenbrink earlier and he was going on about how you could try to memorize every known good in the world and try to, you know, I've got documentation for this, this, or this, or you could learn to logically think through a fault and work with people who could also do the same. So once again, going off in the weeds, going off on a tangent, but I I miss in person training. I don't remember everything. So I just call Matt when I get stuck. (laughs) I heard a story about Matt throwing how how many thousands of dollars of parts at a BMW, if I remember correctly? Yeah, well, you know. They're they're from Amazon, so sure that's what was wrong. (laughs) I just heard Matt throwing an empty Mountain Dew can under the hood of my Ford Windstar. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot. That 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 might have been the first time I met you, actually, at uh, the Winter Conference many, many, many years ago, my friend. I, I had a lot of Mountain Dews that night. you know you know how sick we are we we could have been out at the bar drinking but we were in the parking lot playing with the windstar and the ids (laughs) (laughs) ids pico scopes right right yeah Um, Yeah, that's that's uh, something about the the, who we are (laughs) yeah about sums it up yeah um i was just gonna maybe add a little bit that when we're talking about you know, reading diag.net, reading IATN forums, whether the archives are live um, or joining a Facebook group, preferably one that's searchable. Uh, what, you're, what you're getting out of that is you'll get to see a tech, hopefully a tech, not just asking questions and people helping them out, which is, that's, uh, you know, very educational. But what's the gold, I think, is, you know, whatever group, diagnostic network, paid my money and now I'm a member and I search network or can and now I see you know this Chris Groff character whoever the hell that guy is and he's, he's got yeah, <laughs> he's got you know a story he basically tells a story about a car with a network problem he's got photos he's got data he's got maybe mm-hmm. links to service information and it's essentially a tutorial about this is the car this is how I went about the problem you know, maybe it was for him a gimme. He just, this is how I go about fixing network problems and boom, 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 everything went wonderfully. And I kind of got a perspective or I got to see somebody in action going, where do you get those test leads? I've never seen test leads like that. He's at the splice pack and he's got these test leads and he's isolating circuits. I've never seen that. And I look that up and they're like, oh, you know, they're, they're affordable. Why don't I have these already? Or... You know, he's scoping this network, but he's not picking apart the waveform. He's really just, you know, Sesame Street. One of these doesn't look like the other. Something like that. I think there's a lot of lot to be learned uh, from that. And in no way trumps or replaces uh, instructor-led training and the networking that occurs at these um, training events. But 
there's a lot to be learned on a, a, a professional network like Diagnostic Network or even some of these Facebook groups where you have active participants that post up um, j- just their process. And you don't even have to agree with the process. It's just this is how they went about it. And I can pick up little things here and there or it might be life changing. Like, I've never thought about going after this problem Mm -hmm. this way. I've been doing it this way. I'm an idiot. And then the next one that comes in, you do it their way. And, you know, if you're on flat rate, you're you're killing it or Mm -hmm. uh, just making life easier or a whole new level of understanding uh, of the problem and the system and whatnot. Combination of their way and your way. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just one more thing to throw in the toolbox, one more resource uh, like I said, all those that we've listed off, most of them are searchable. Uh, so you don't have mm. to uh, start a new conversation every time. You can quick go to these groups, grow, go to these networks, and punch in some information, and it's not so much looking for the bullet. It's looking for the, the process, uh, maybe like a description and operation, not, not saying it's you know manufacturer-driven, but hey, through the years – or through my time working on this system, this car, this is what they're doing. Let me show you. And cool. it's just, I, I mean, it's gold or whatever is better than gold, platinum, diamonds. Yeah, you're getting a peek get into, into somebody that. else's mindset during yeah. the diagnosis. That That is just invaluable to see another a professional has been doing this for however many years, how they approach a problem based on all their years of experience. It, Even if it's not a silver bullet, I fixed that car a million times, but just to see their approach to something is so cool. I, I, I eat that stuff up for sure. And sometimes it sets, it can set you up for a goal, meaning, you know, I'm diagnosing networks with my own meter and a voltmeter which is, I guess, the same meter, but whatever. I'm, I'm using a meter and a wiring schematic, and that's where I'm at. And I go to one of these networks or I go to a class, sit in a class, and, and I'm watching them doing something crazy, either with a scope or they're doing some CAN decoding, and it so blows your mind. Like, I, I, I don't really even know what they're doing. But now I have this goal, like, I want to know what they're doing. I want to be able to do that. Or at least next time I'm sitting in this classroom or a classroom and they put that up there, I kind of know what's going on. So it gives you, you know, maybe motivation, inspiration, gives you inspiration, which is, uh, you know, that's a big deal. And I'll I'll throw in, um, uh, Matt, you talked about it not that long ago, the, uh, the positive feedback loop, the confirmation bias, all that. Yep. I'll, I'll throw in, we're in the times we're in. We've got to learn to make the best of the situation we're in. So um, actively participate. I mean, we can yep. all sit there. We can consume social media. We yep. can consume YouTube, uh, dive.net, ITM, whatever. We can consume everything all day long passively. The info flows over us. The words flow over us. Or like Matt said, start to look at it from somebody else's point of view and go, well, why or how or when? You know, Start asking these questions and really start looking at your process, their process and go, well, I don't know. Did I really need a $3,000 milli-ohm meter to diagnose this hybrid inverter fault? 
or could I have done this with scan data and a good analysis of service info? So there's that, really that's, to, that's to, to me is, yeah, yeah, is the that's a good point. It's great. I mean, I've seen people go to classes. Um, I've, I've been to factory training and seen people sit there and they just passively take it all in and they're just sitting there, hands folded, and they get nothing out of the class. And then they spent the money or their dealership, their boss, whatever, spent the money. Or you have people who may have paid out of pocket or may just really love what they do and they actively participate. They ask those questions. They think about it. And it could be the most basic class. I mean, it could be basic electricity 101. This is a positive lead. This is a negative lead. This is a battery. But they actively participate and they come away so much more enriched with knowledge and even maybe a little bit of motivation in a very simple class versus somebody who's just kind of sitting there and letting it wash over them. Yep. Those yeah. are usually people to sit in the front half of the class, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but in the back half, okay, the back row is reserved for other trainers and people that are sneaking in and out of the class. Mm -hmm. The second half of the class, back rows, is the people that are, like, taking naps in there because their boss sent them. The first couple rows, those are the people that you, you know when they sit down in that front couple rows, they are – participating they are asking questions they are no i i I, love, I wish the entire class was that way when i when i'm teaching um i i do usually hide in the back when when i attend i'm either in the back row or the very front row because he drinks a lot of coffee he's got a duck out yeah well that's it because <laughs> i'm old too so <laughs> well, like, i can't make like, it for class yeah. <laughs> well unfortunately for me like when steckler teaches I have to sit in the front row because if you sit one row back, he's so goddamn short, you can't see him above <laughs> anybody. But no, uh, I will say this, uh, having run classes for John Deere, um, more of a side note, do you ever intentionally pick on people who are not in the front row as teachers? Uh, um, I do. I'm horrible yeah. about it, though. Yeah, yeah, I did. Especially if they're if, if they heckle me, I am pretty oh, laid yeah. back. If it's quiet, if it's quiet and they're just being you know dozing off, no. But if they start, I, I've had to shut a couple people down. I, it's I, rare, I it's rare, but I shouldn't have said pick on um, intentionally engage because I I've been I've taught quite a few classes where it's actually the people the third fourth row. Who are there, and you kind of see that you see the little bit of a hand motion, or maybe they're jotting a note down when everybody else is staring at you. And I, I, I kind of forced myself to slowly bring them in because I, honestly, somebody up front who's agreeing with everything I say or trying to prove me wrong to look better, I don't care about. The people in the middle who are there because they have to be, it is what it is. But the guy who's there who's a little tentative about it. That's the one I'm really curious because a lot of times I've had people bring up things that to me, I never even thought about it that way. And they were like, well, what if I ran into this? And I've had no problem saying, I don't know. Let's run through it. Let's figure it out. And, that, and it creates the opportunity, especially in these instructor led environments yeah. where 
you're engaged, you're asking good questions, or I shouldn't even say good questions. You're asking questions, you're engaged, mm -hmm. and the the instructor does have to move the class along. So either they're going, you give them the opportunity to discuss it at a break or after class or better, or maybe not better yet, but another scenario is somebody else in the classroom sees that, understands the hang up, mm -hmm. and you're walking out of class and they come over and like, hey, dude, uh, listening to your questions or I've run into this and boom, now you've started this networking thing and it's this chain reaction. Uh, in, in, the class, in the classroom environment, if, if a question is asked and it's topic appropriate, okay, we don't blow it off, yes. right? If it's inappropriate, you know, oh, this is something completely different, forget that. If it's topic appropriate, if I don't know the answer, I'll straight up tell you I don't know the answer, but that means, that doesn't mean someone else in the room doesn't know the answer. Um, or we can theorize, but I, I won't say, you know, I know this answer, but theoretically it should work this way. Mm -hmm. Or I have been known in front of class to take a notepad and write down, God damn it, you just gave me some freaking homework. Yeah. Let me write down <laughs> that question because I don't know this. And I now, now, thank you very much. I want to know this. And yeah. then Class is over because now I can't focus. Everybody go <laughs> home. I got to go do some research. Yep. It's a shame we, we don't have an audience like that. And you're like surfing the, <laughs> the OE service websites. Yep. <laughs> and that's, we probably, we probably needed a couple live viewers just to keep us from going on for Hell, what have we been on? Almost two hours now. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah we're keeping up on two. How episodes you got now? Three? Uh, yeah, this will be at least two for sure. We'll probably <laughs> break her up into a couple sections. This but, is, uh, I mean, it's fun though. It's great, it's kinda, great stuff though. Well, Matt, I mean, I've talked to you a few times before. Uh, Scott, first time meeting you and absolutely thrilled. I believe I believe I actually saw you once because you were in part of the vision. Uh, you were one of the trainers, right, in that uh, group that Matt moderated. Yeah. Well, see, Matt found out that Vision would actually get a government stipend if they hired the handicap to do it. <laughs> yeah, and that's so. why we got Richard Falco. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please edit that oh, out. Man. <laughs> no way. That's gotta stay. <laughs> <laughs> that was. And I think I said this once before, Matt, but the way you guys laid out the overall talks there was very well thought out. Everything kind of flowed right one right into the other. Probably improvised, but yeah. yeah. Are they doing I mean, something like that this year with the uh, virtual one? Uh, she, we, she asked me if I wanted to do it. I mean, and I don't do anything, right? I just kind of introduce everybody and maybe try to make a smart aleck remark that comes off not very smart, but you know, that's really all I do. And I said, yeah, that would be great. And a lot of people after the uh, class last year, I guess, were really interested in getting involved, but she put out the email. Uh, I went on a few of the uh, groups, let everybody know to start submitting ideas. They don't even have to have everything together. Just here's my idea. And now I've got months to put it together and it's mm -hmm. uh, the turnout was horrible. Uh, mm. So she asked me what I thought and I said, you know, maybe wait till we go live, you know, yeah. in person and, and then it'll probably uh, 
work a little bit better. You know, I had a few people jumping on it right away, but others that were just so, oh, that would be great. I want to do that so bad. Never submitted. Sent the messages directly like, hey, dude, now's the time. Now's the time. And I'll, I'll say, have, having presented, I didn't even, I have not received a single email even regarding doing a, a tech talks or whatever again. I didn't know they were doing it again. Yeah. I saw the regular instructor class submissions, but so I think the whole pandemic thing kind of threw everything out of whack and everybody was, yeah, missed That's emails, right. whatever. I'd love to see that done. I mean, I know Vision kind of has the copyright, for lack of a better term, on the Tech Talks idea now, but that's something I'd like to see in a lot of training events, you know, smaller local ones, just, hey, 10, 15 minutes, just hop up and show something. Yep. Some days yeah, I learn more great, from yeah. somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or is newer to the industry than somebody who's been doing it for 40 years. It was wildly, wildly popular, except for Bryn Klein stuff was uh, pulled it well, down. How did Bryn get like six different talks within the same segment? And, you know, I think as the tattoos scare people, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. The you first one was, I think, the first one was uh, legit, like a, a real case study. And not that the second one wasn't, but it was a little more tongue in cheek and. Yeah. Um, laid back and let everybody um, relax. Yeah. 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 And fun. Um, yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. It, that it was, worked. Hell, I, I barely made it to vision, let alone made it to presenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. You had to, had some obstacles to get there. Oh, yeah, I went from <laughs> Philadelphia to Las Vegas to Denver. Then I had an issue with a flight from Denver, Colorado. So I got a rental car drove from Denver straight through to Kansas City overnight, oh, showed up 20 minutes late to Mike Reynolds' ADOS class, go to the first open seat. Who do you think I sit next to after not sleeping for three days? John Thornton. <laughs> I was about to say that, but I figured yeah. that was like a crazy guess. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting there next to John Thornton. I have literally not slept in three days. I've transferred between three different time zones. I'm beat. And, like, Reynolds is doing an amazing job. He's really running through it. And Thornton's tapping me on the shoulder to hand me, you know, some hands-on device. And I'm there like, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> you ever hear of a personal oh, bubble? What's wrong with you? People on John's shoulder. <laughs> I, actually, I was sitting there, and I'm like, whatever you do, fall asleep forward. Don't fall asleep on John. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, know, it was John, John would simply do this. Be so polite about it, <laughs> and then go oh, I got right a, back, right back to Ados. I got a few of those looks, and unfortunately, I just kept picturing him saying Blues Brothers quotes. It's the Chicago accent. I can't help it. Yep, yep. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, I'd love to see that Tech Talks concept be spread a little wider. Yeah, we do it for, we do have the students run through some case studies when they're out in the shop. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty basic stuff because that's what they're learning. But just yeah. to have them present it to someone else, 
uh, I, I think it's a good experience for them. And uh, it, it's really cool to see, you know, their viewpoint from stuff and how they're understanding and their mindset when they went through things. Uh, I, I sit down in the classroom when we do that. And I really, I, I love it. I love going through those with the students. And well, I believe. I better hit uh, it guys. Thanks yeah. very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks Matt. Great talking to you, Matt. Yep. See, you, Matt. We'll see you soon. Yep. Hopefully we're going to do part three, four, five, and six. We have to skip. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure out uh, another date and we'll finish her off. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Take I care, believe. guys. All right, guys. See Good you, night, Matt. See ya. Uh, if I remember right, Ford Master Tech training actually requires uh, to get Ford Master Tech certification. Not only do you do all your training classes and everything else, but you have to choose a topic and present a small class on it to your fellow Master Tech candidates, which is kind of a cool thing. At least uh, I got a I got a buddy over in the UK who recently just recertified for Ford Master Tech, and that was his final test was a thirty minute presentation in front of all the other candidates for it to be able to go through and prove prove out basically not only that he understood it but he could teach it to others. Two two things to say about that one is that that whether it's uh, Sean with your students or what you're talking about with Ford that that builds communication skills your ability to to speak to people and I I know being a trainer I know I'm still get nervous when I get up in front of groups um, initially it takes me a couple minutes then I'm then I'm good then I'm in my zone but uh, initially man it was a pain in the ass it was you know uncomfortable and you forget your your stuff. And, you know, event, eventually, you know, you, you, you get things straight and you're good. So it doesn't really matter if it's in front of a technical crowd or a courtroom or, you know, go to the DMV trying to get your license renewed. You know, it does, doesn't really matter. It, it, it kind of builds those skills. And then some of those people, especially in Sean's case with the, with the college students, um, they might go on to not be technicians. They might go on to be business management or they might go to, you know, transfer to Southern Illinois University and get their bachelor's degree, get sucked up by GM and be doing something mm -hmm. corporate, right? And then they're yeah. going to be speaking and, you know, which, which again, I like seeing people go into the field as technicians, but I also like seeing some of my former students go on, you know, all right, you would have been a great freaking wrench. You would have been a great diagnostic mm -hmm. guy. But you went and all of a sudden you're right do, doing stuff for infinity in Detroit or, you know, whatever the case, more power to yeah. you, man, you know, um, but public speaking is, yeah. you know, it's I, very, I very important. And my thing, and this comes from a completely selfish place. I want everybody around me, be it I work with them, I hang out with them, whatever. I want everybody around me to be 10 times better than I am because I can be the lazy guy. I, I, I want to be around people that are 10 times better than me. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, make, but, that makes me look better. It's like having, it's like having the fanciest house on the block, right? No, mm -hmm. I don't want the fanciest house on the block. I want, I want the cheapest house on the block and all the other fancy houses can, can bring the value of that house up. <laughs> right. There you it's, go. It's, it's the same, it's the yeah. same concept. So I, I have for many, for many years, um, 
surrounded myself with people that are better than me because it makes me better. Yes. Right? And, yeah. and, and teaching also, again, to Sean's Sean here too, as well. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. And I know you're not going to uh, disagree. Um, I thought I knew basic electrical when I was working in the shop for years. And then I got hired as adjunct faculty and taught in the evenings and then had to teach basic electrical and basic, basic engine performance. And then when I had to actually teach it to other people, then I realized, holy crap, that's why I misdiagnosed that car last week. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was some voltage drop or something stupid, right? So that whole adage, or adage might not be the right word, um, those who can't do teach. And then uh, who can't teach, uh, teach Jim. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, well, it, it, I, I have, I have some. Oh, it's not Jim. It's it's PE. I, I have some friends who do that. They would take offense to that. But, but you think you know something? You teach, think you have this concept of something, and then you try to explain it to someone or teach yep. it to somebody, and you're like, "Oh, yep. okay, that doesn't make sense. It made sense in my head, but once I say it out loud and try to get this other person to understand it, I'm I'm way off. I need to really rethink this whole thing. So it, it opens your your eyes up to so much more when you're teaching people. Yep. If you I, can I, teach it correctly, mm-hmm. then then you've pretty much got it down, right? If if you're if you're BSing your way through it, then you shouldn't be teaching and you should go go back to learning it, right? Yeah, I forget that's... if it was Einstein or uh, uh, Feynman, but uh, Einstein or Richard Feynman who said if you, you know it's probably in one of those books behind you. <laughs> you can probably find it, just, it in one of those. <laughs> Einstein and Feynman said, uh, "If you can't teach something something simply, you do not understand it well enough." So, to really have mastery of a subject, if you have truly achieved mastery, or at least a level close to it, you should be able to distill it down to its simplest, most basic principles and tenets, and explain it. At the level of a third, fourth, fifth grader, I would really within like reason. Know, I would really like to know for sure who who that is and what the quote is. If you could email that, pull it up. I'd be really freaking curious because I I totally agree with that. And that's uh, that can be very challenging to do to really boil something down to a right. simple example or explanation when it's we're dealing with these crazy complex things <laughs> at right. certain and levels. Then, and I guess that's some point that needs exact, to take a little bit. Yeah. Exact quote would be if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough, and it did come from Einstein. Okay, cool. Feynman, I, Richard I Feynman had something similar, but that guy was a nut though. And we're not. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm bad <laughs> shit. Crazy. Here for hours. So are, yeah. are we are we are we good for the evening? Are we gonna do this? I, I, yeah, I think we're good to go. I uh I gotta go let the dogs out, so All right, that's going to wrap this one up. I want to give one more big thank you to Matt, Chris, and Scott for coming on the show and talking with me on these two episodes. Uh, It was really awesome getting to talk to these guys, and hopefully we'll get to do it again soon, and we'll try to hit up as many of those listener questions that were sent in as possible. But I'd like to also thank everybody else for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. But other than that, let's get out there, start fixing the world one car at a time.